Hello, Kira. Kira, hello, guys. So we're joined um, with a guest today. We're delighted to have Kira Sherlock with us today. So, bit of a, I'll do a very small background into um, how I heard about you, and then yeah, we'll we'll pass over to Kira. So, um, a friend of mine, God, ages ago, maybe even a few years ago, I remember he just mentioned that uh, he was friends with you, and he said uh, you're the founder of the Psychedelic Society of Ireland. And when he said that, I was like, wow. Wow, I want to know more. Um, so that's how I first heard about you. And then just we just had the idea about uh, getting on the podcast. So thanks a million for coming on. Yes, you're more than welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're all about, how you got to set up the Psychedelic Society of Ireland? It's so cool, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> it's a cool society. <laughs> um, yes, okay. So, well, I always have to do a bit of a, like a, a real backtrack to be like, how did this all begin? Um, yeah, so anyway, my name is Kira. I'm from Dublin. Um, I um, have... Yeah, I've been on a really interesting journey with psychedelics myself and just the whole realm of psychedelics in the last, God, I don't, yeah. Could I just stop you for a second? Could you give us, a, uh, in three three lines, uh-huh. what is a psychedelic? What class is a psychedelic drug? What are examples of psychedelics beyond like mushrooms, which we'd know about? Okay, cool. Yeah, so for absolute basic beginners, um psychedelic substances are um substances either like natural substances or they can be chemically made as well they're substances that when ingested have uh, an effect on the self that um is a expanding um experience you could say it's experience on the on the mind it alters your perception of reality in different ways so um they 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 say that this a psychedelic can mean a mind manifesting psychedelic the word psyche being mind and delic kind of relating to manifesting is an experience in which the mind reveals itself to itself wow so a lot of different things can happen when you take psychedelics. Generally, they alter your perception of reality, as I said. They can um, change how you see things, as in they can give you hallucinations. They can also um, just change your, your sensory experience in many different ways. For example, synesthesia, you can see things. Um, uh, you can you can see things and feel like you can taste them or feel like you can feel them in different ways. Um, yeah, so I just realized that you asked me the same two or three sentences. No, that's, that's <laughs> so I'm going to remember that and then just say uh, an important piece, which is, as I said, they can be found in plants or chemicals. So the the main ones that you would hear about most commonly would be psilocybin, which is magic mushrooms. Um, which grow all over the world naturally and can also be grown, you know, yourself, cultivated yourself. Um, ayahuasca, which is a plant um, concoction that comes from um, South America. There's also San Pedro um, or peyote cactus that contains mescaline. Um, and then you have chemicals, for example, LSD, um, which is... Um, not a not necessarily it's a it's a 
derived from a plant, but it can be chemically made. Okay. Um, yeah, and then you have other things that are kind of like on the borders, which is like MDMA and cannabis, marijuana, weed. Um, they aren't kind of classic um, psychedelics, but they do they they do have mind altering or perception altering uh, effects you know in in slightly different ways and all of these um substances including the latter two um are generally illegal in most countries although that is changing a lot these days especially in the last couple of years which is amazing they um and interestingly although they are illegal they actually have very, very um, positive, potential positive effects for people that have mental health illnesses. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think um, a lot of stuff about that, and maybe we'll talk about that later, yeah. but yeah, okay. their healing potential is really, really interesting. Okay, cool. Is that three sentences? <laughs> yeah, I had no idea that like, MGMA would be considered a psychedelic. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, that's completely new to me. Or, or a mm -hmm. cannabis as well. well what's mm -hmm. funny is that, like, I, like, smoking weed, I get super paranoid. But, like, any time I've ingested weed, I've had more of a psychedelic experience. Mm -hmm. is, I guess it depends how it's ingested. Mm -hmm. um, okay, cool. Thank you for that. Please continue. How did you how did you gain an interest in this? How old were you? And how did you get to the point where, where you are now? Um so yeah, I was always quite I mean, other than cannabis, which is probably just like quite popular for a lot of people when they're younger, um, and alcohol, obviously living in Ireland, um and anywhere else in the world, I uh, had very little experience with drugs I think and then I was living in Holland on an Erasmus like a college exchange um yeah my very early 20s and yeah I suppose it, I, I I just was living with someone who happened to be really experienced with psychedelics really loved them he was an artist he was yeah a really um a really great person and we because truffles which i should have mentioned you have magic mushrooms that have psilocybin in them but actually there's psilocybin in magic truffles as well which are just a different part essentially of a mushroom so mushrooms are the fruiting body of um of a mycelium network which is the you know the whole organism of the mushroom below the ground and um, truffles are also similar to them um to put quite simply so truffles are legal in Holland um, and you can buy them in a shop you can just go uh, things called smart shops and um, so yeah that's very simple they're manufactured they're regulated they're standardized and they're very safe anybody can go in and just buy them anyone can go in there's a there's a, a packet that you get it has the instructions on the back it tells you you know the best kind of set and setting to take them in um, and like, would people would would they be intent? Like, are they kind of because they're illegal and anybody can go in and get them? Are they kind of like chill? Like, are they, is it like kind of not that? I guess strong. Yeah, it's really interesting. I love like looking at the Netherlands in general for examples of this because obviously weed is legal there as well, and yeah. you can go into a, sh a coffee shop and buy uh, weed legally. 
Um, and I think their use of of substances like that is actually quite low compared to a lot of a lot of other countries. There's something about like when something is legal, it's like somehow maybe not as big of a deal, yeah, or not as cool or something. Um, but at the same time, it's also just a lot safer, and it's just it's it's just yeah easier to access if you want to. Um, whereas there's almost something you know especially you can imagine as a, as a teenager or something if you knew something was illegal or for example when you know when we were younger i think it was 2011 mushrooms got made illegal in ireland so oh, yeah. only 2011 yeah. Yeah. yeah i didn't know that i know yeah Fucking yeah. so mary harney to blame for that <laughs> um, <Thanks a> lot, <laughs> <Mary>. <laughs> but um yeah, before that, you could buy mushrooms legally in, uh, what were they called? Head shops. Head shops, that's it, yeah. yeah, head shops. So I remember, yeah, being much younger, being like, oh, what's that? Like, you know, they got made illegal, so that must be something really interesting. <laughs> Big deal. So anyway, I, um, I ended up having some psychedelic experiences with truffles in Holland around that time. And I think, like, at that time, it was pretty recreational you know like I wasn't doing it the way I would do it now but I think they did have a really big uh significant impact on how I um engaged with myself how I saw the world how I saw the culture that I lived in back in Ireland you know like just when you're in college you know drinking loads getting absolutely wasted like going to nightclubs like all of that kind of, you know, just really mindless enjoyment, you know. And and I think, yeah, just during that time, I think my mind was open to a lot of other things. I was also just really, really interested and inspired by um, the stuff that I was seeing on the internet at that time. I think even before I had taken psychedelics for the first time, I was looking up things about the new research that was happening with um, psychedelics. Um, in London especially and in America there was new research being done on how um, yeah psilocybin specifically but psychedelics in general as well um, can positively impact people with severe mental health issues so just like what is that about like you know like if all of these things are illegal or really difficult to get or like taboo in some way like why are uh, and they can help mental health um, illnesses. Like, why are they illegal, and what is this block like, and and what's really going on there? So yeah, I think my curious mind was just like, hmm, that's that. There's something. There's something that doesn't add up there, actually. Um, and then, how did you get to the point of of what you do now, and in, in organizing retreats, and you were just saying there before we started recording that you had a lot of speaking engagements and kind of raising awareness. And mm. how did you how did you get to that point? Yeah, started, is this your full time job, by the way? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. I I also do. Um, I'm also a massage therapist, and and do kind of other one to one kind of work, like. Yeah, a holistic kind of therapeutic work, but yeah, that, that's mainly it. Um, so yeah, when I came back from Holland, like I was very young. I was also like 
pretty inexperienced. You know, I hadn't been doing it for a really, really long time or anything, but I had some really significant experiences. Um, I kind of came back and was really like, oh my God, like the way, and I suppose for a bit of context, like I was an event manager. I always held a lot of parties and gatherings and festivals and things like that in, in Ireland. Uh, and I was really kind of, yeah, I loved bringing people together over just enjoyment, you know, yeah. like music especially and having people come and celebrate and, and connect together was what I always loved to do. So I suppose when I came back, I was kind of back into that, you know, uh, doing festival production and that kind of thing. But I just had such a different view on it. Um at that stage, I was like, wow, like, look at all these people getting really, like, to put it frankly, like, getting really messed up, like, doing what they think they should be doing, but actually not really feeling connected, not really enjoying it. Like, it's, I suppose I could just see this superficial aspects of everything that I had been involved in mm-hmm. and still love them, like, you know, um, but, but what came pretty strongly was the festival scene. And yeah, so it was just the drug use at festivals. Like, you know, anyone that's ever been to an Irish festival knows what kind of carnage can be going down at at some more than others. And I felt really affected like that. I think I was just really empathetic as well to be like, God, you know, these people are are actually, some people are actually in really bad places, really struggling, really scared. There's no support here for these people. So I think if I remember correctly, the first step was getting involved in volunteering for welfare services like drug welfare services now they didn't exist in ireland because in order to have them yeah it's like the you have to admit that there's drug taking happening at festivals in order to have the welfare and in ireland for like legal reasons they can't do that because like, no, people aren't having that. drugs at these festivals huh do they still not do that do they see something electric picnic or something i thought i heard something that there was like a drug welfare maybe not yeah, maybe that's true welfare. that is true now this was this was long before like yeah, before only then, that. I thought, yeah. it's mad but that like, was a, that was a new thing yeah yeah mental. yeah so I, I volunteered in the uk i volunteered in portugal a few different festivals and uh yeah that was that was kind of uh, it was on I see that kind of part as like the bridge of like me going from the events world and festival world into kind of really seeing what impact substances not just psychedelics but alcohol other drugs were having on people like and their mental health basically and their welfare Um. so yeah but you kind of almost saw it from like you could see you had obviously great experiences with psychedelics yourself, but then you could see how people were using drugs and maybe not having good experiences. Yeah, yeah, ah. because of the place, the way that they were doing it, and the context that it was, and just the the knowing that there wasn't any support there. You know, the knowing that like if you're going to take any drug at a festival, whatever it is, yeah knowing that like if anything goes wrong like you don't have anywhere to go if you have good friends that aren't wasted like that's really lucky but you don't have a place a tent where you can go to be like you know what I just need to sit down and talk to someone or just have a cup of tea or you know I'm just overwhelmed and I think yeah we're so um 
so conditioned to think that you know when you're at an event like that you have to be in your best form and you have to be having crack all the time and you go three nights without sleeping and you're grand and you're just you know it's intense and don't get me wrong like I obviously loved all of this you know and I still do but I suppose I just do it in such a different way now um so anyway I was kind of part of campaigning to get spaces like that that ended up at electric picnic there um to do thank you (laughs) like it's so needed like it is it is and I went through a lot of wanted festivals to do it and them just being like no we can't or we don't have the money to go towards it and that kind of stuff Mm. Uh, and to be honest I ended up kind of giving up a little bit because I was just really yeah I felt kind of let down and also my life was going in different directions as well and because uh, probably in a similar enough time anyway in early 2015 um decided to found the psychedelic society of ireland basically from being inspired by the organization that had been set up in london a couple of months earlier as well as the psychedelic society in san francisco that was the first one to start up um and they were basically just kind of community organizations you know and again my experience was in gatherings and getting people together and my new like obsession <laughs> passion was um psychedelic so yeah i started running gatherings basically in ireland talks lectures um yeah just screenings picnics things like that to bring people together to just get talking about it and i think that really did stem from a a pretty deep seated place in me where I came back and I was like I have no friends that know anything about this I don't know anyone who's interested or you know does psychedelics I want to meet people like that do and yeah so that so that happened and that was a really important step as well I think have you had any legal issues has the have the popo come knock and be like (laughs) (laughs) no but I have had venues reject me for wanting to run events there obviously none of the events involve people taking psychedelics in Ireland like they're just talks or um gatherings but a lot of people don't want to be associated with that word um I have had venues agree um to host events for me and then like a day before the event was meant to happen for 100 people get on to me and be like I've just seen your I've just actually not I've just seen I've just looked because I would have linked them for ages ago all the details but they obviously didn't read it and then they said that they just looked and that they were cancelling the event because oh, they associated with it and all it was was like a talk you know you're not dishing that mushrooms <laughs> yeah yeah but people have their own you know perceptions of things um, I feel like in Ireland in particular, like from my limited experience, I just feels like it's still so, so taboo. It is, um, yeah. So I can imagine how that must be a struggle, like getting venues and stuff. We're still, it still sounds like even as you, you were talking about the festivals, we're way behind all the other countries. Mm-hmm. And That's insane. And considering like, like over the past 10 years, there's been like a few deaths at festivals. Like, oh yeah. how have they not copped on? You know, like it's so ridiculous ridiculous backwards it's absolute ignorance like it really really is and it's it really blew my mind like to to hear people say like we can't have these welfare facilities for people because in order to get licensing we have to say that people won't be taking drugs at this festival 
it's just like that is just so you know it's like the old yeah. school like Ireland way of thinking in the same way like we can't have well well women's clinics or or any sort yeah. of um helplines for women who want to get abortions because we can't acknowledge that women are getting abortions like it's yeah. really the same mentality exactly it's mental and we're just slowly like crawling out of that place do you know in our culture like with all of those things I think um what you said about how when you came back and you started going to festivals and you saw how people were taking drugs and you kind of had an awareness around how you were now taking drugs differently I think that's so fascinating because I think I think like I'm not a drug taker really I mean I haven't last time I smoked hash was when I was like 22 and I had like the I used to smoke weed quite frequently when I was a teenager but I had like the mother of all white out and flip out and now even the smell I just it's not for me but I also think it's the culture around taking them that I have an issue with um I love how you describe it as like it almost sounds like you were kind of taking psychedelics with a more kind of awareness and purpose for for connection as opposed to Mm -hmm. atheism Mm -hmm. I can totally get on board with Mm -hmm. but I, I, I I wouldn't be able to just like you know get smashed and forget about it I think it's fascinating mm-hmm. I think it's it's great that you're doing the work you're doing and kind of promoting drug use in that way yeah because it's so unusual to hear it in that way like because you know obviously we're me and Jane are about 30 so of course over all the course of our nights out we've had many people talking about drugs taking drugs offering drugs in lots of different mm-hmm. circumstances um very rarely is it offered or is the is it like for an experience or even therapeutic or even it's usually someone's hammered and they might even offer you like acid at like a festival yeah. and like jesus christ like i mean I talk about that could be a recipe for disaster or like even yeah. just mushrooms when you're locked at a festival it's not really having seen mushrooms in different experiences that i know people take them in now whether it's through guided walks or therapeutic ways I can just see how like it can just be used in such a as Jane said an escapism way but also I I imagine quite dangerous and could be quite damaging as well for sure people do like people do the maddest things and I think there's just I think that stems from just absolute zero awareness of what this could be you know like we are as Irish people you know love having fun love having crack like love celebrating together but like yeah there's just no denying like the fact that an experience like that can really blow you wide open and if you're not in a suitable place or around good people and when you still have to kind of like forcibly wear the mask that you have on when it's like being ripped off and there's a lot of other you know things coming through for you um that can be yeah totally overwhelming and and then I suppose just to kind of finish the the story of um kind of the journey into this I I met then quite a, a group of amazing people and um the idea was put out to basically start um an organization a project that could bring people together to have psychedelic experiences in a completely different context than what people would probably usually do. Um, And that's when the experience retreats were born. So that was, um, yeah, that, that kind of came in a way of like wanting to bring people together just to, 
to have a psychedelic experience, to explore psychedelics in kind of a held environment. We were facilitators. We weren't taking psychedelics. It was a really safe kind of container for people to to have a, a ceremony and to explore it in that way. And in, in a more, not in a therapeutic way, but in a more kind of geared towards therapeutic environment. Um, and they were people, you know, that had experience in therapeutic work, experience in harm reduction, experience in just actually doing psychedelics for their own kind of spiritual wellness a lot and a, a lot of other different kind of holistic therapies. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, so that's grown now in the last four years to be actually a really um, beautiful, deep kind of psycho-spiritual process it's not really just about coming and taking psychedelics seeing what it's like and then going home you know it's it's actually um yeah it's a it's a real retreat it's a it's a space where people can come from all over the world which people do take four or five or six days out of their life to really go inwards, to really um, go through a whole process. And with psychedelics obviously being kind of the center point of that, but not the only thing. Um, and that really gives people a chance to, yeah, just to delve into what it means to be the human that they are, you know, and to rid themselves of the weight of, you know, their world that they've created from themselves and to rid themselves of the distractions and the masks and really just yeah come I, the way i see it is really allowing people to come into communion with themselves um and yeah for for a lot of people it would be their first time having psychedelics and we we hold a like a high dose ceremony um people would lie down on their um mats in this beautiful ceremony space that we have they um they have the opportunity to kind of do this this new way of doing it which isn't the exact same as the clinical trials but takes some key aspects out of the clinical trials for example wearing an eye mask and listening to a, a really kind of specially made beautiful playlist and that kind of brings you on a therapeutic journey that's been made for psychedelic experiences specifically um and then also it takes aspects of the kind of more traditional ritualistic way that people would do ceremonies, for example, in indigenous like shamanic ways. Okay. Um, so using ritual, using um, yeah, different ways of being to enter states of consciousness, but not in a, in a solely traditional way. So it kind of merges the two. And I think that's kind of, yeah, in a way, I think that's kind of what really helps people go through it um, in a really contextualized way and get the most out of it. Um, because I, I hear a lot, and I'm, I'm sure if people um, know much about ayahuasca and the whole kind of ayahuasca um, scene, that people can have unbelievably powerful experiences. They go to Peru, let's say, they take ayahuasca they have an absolutely like mind obliterating experience that can be really deeply healing and really really huge and then they come out of that back into their like you know dublin ace like experience of life and they can't cope like they can't integrate they can't talk to anyone about it there's no like 
because what they've done is so far beyond what their reality is it's so difficult to bring it back home so yeah a real aim for the retreat organization is to do it in a context that's relatable for people that makes people feel like yeah i can i can buy into this you know i can um understand this and this makes sense to me and yeah hopefully create like a more supportive way of integrating the experience back into society and culture because that's when it comes down to it, that's the core like aim basically of doing the work you know like opening people up to other ways of being other ways of being within themselves other ways of being within society um i think a lot of people would have questions around like what exactly is the experience like you know you talk a lot about the experience but for someone who's who's never mm-hmm. done it or who might be interested or whatever it's it's very hard to kind of put yourself in scary in. as well I'd, I'd imagine like that, that that's pretty fear that you're like what will i see what if i'm scared <laughs> of what i see do you know what i mean is it different for everyone is it you know um is there any risks involved like could it could it bring up trauma for instance if someone hasn't haven't processed trauma from their childhood mm-hmm. could it bring up that um yeah i'm just really interested at what what exactly uh kind of mind expanding experience is mm-hmm. i know it's probably like one of those really like difficult things to explain because it's probably so personal but in a nutshell yeah it's really really interesting it's really interesting because um it's like if you think about the the mind the the norm like the normal state of um being in the mind of every individual person like to only imagine how different that could possibly be for you know different individuals i suppose that gives a hint to like how different the psychedelic experience can be for people you know it's not like yeah it's it's difficult because the only thing that you can really compare like it's substance wise what you compare compared to that most people know about is like alcohol or something you know and when you take alcohol you generally feel really kind of um suppressed relaxed probably maybe a bit joyful um and, and that kind of thing and then eventually like sleepy you know um <laughs> um but with psychedelics it's just so 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 vastly different because yes there are like different things that kind of people feel but their actual experience of it is yeah as different as every human being on in the planet you know um what i will what i will say is that um there is a really beautiful kind of list of the kind of things that um define a spiritual mystical experience that a person called roland griffith um from kind of psychedelic research came up with and when you have a high dose psychedelic experience it can be very um correlated with the spiritual mystical experience so i'll just see if i can remember what those are and explain um so one is a sense of um joy uh, like an elated mood sense of joy and wonder Another is a loss of um, the perception of time and space. So you, might, you may 
yeah like that kind of relates to hallucinations physical kind of sensory uh, alters of perception as well as just not yeah being able to really make sense of time i can imagine that's very freeing in itself yeah well, yeah by a clock yeah 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 um there's also a sense of interconnectedness so that feeling of like feeling uh maybe empathy or oneness with the world you know how we're all actually connected a sense of sacredness and awe is another one so something that it's like so deeply meaningful and and, and spiritual that it, it is sacred and full of awe um there is ineffability which is basically the inability to describe what it is <laughs> great job actually that usually comes last because that's um yeah that's the real crux of it you know like you really can't describe it that much um but i suppose like these things can be as you said Roisin, like things can be quite scary the thought of this can be quite scary like oh my god like i'm gonna you know hallucinate i'm gonna see things like what would i see that's so like you know unknown we're so used to being in full control of, of what we see except actually we're not really because of social media and all of that kind of thing yeah. we think we are yeah um but uh, and then like you know oh the mind revealing itself to itself like that's terrifying you know what what would come of that and yeah you know like will i visit memories and 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 feelings that i maybe haven't visited before and uh, i might have realizations about myself and the world that I'm kind of uncomfortable with, you know. Um, so you're absolutely right in saying that it can be a really scary experience. But I think, and and I want to say as well, people always have this thing, this like saying for some reason that's really apparent in when you talk about psychedelics is like the fear of a bad trip. Mm-hmm. And I think that with psychedelics, there's no such thing <laughs> as bad. There's definitely such thing as a challenging experience, but if you can come through a challenging experience, you usually grow from it. Mm-hmm. Um, you usually benefit. It usually benefits you in some way. Now, I I want to say that of course, psychedelic experiences like let's say you take way too much of something at a festival and you have a really scary, traumatic time, like that's totally valid, obviously. But I mean to say through these challenging experiences, we can actually really learn things about ourselves if we're in the right space to do it, if we have the right support to do it. Um, so yeah, I... <laughs> I think that explains it pretty well to be like... Yeah. And, and at these retreats, like, what kind of, is it people from all walks of life, all ages, everything like coming to these retreats? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the last thing I wanted to say was that, on that is that, um, yeah, it's so mysterious, mm-hmm. you know, and we're so used to, like we have no connection to the mystery really anymore you know we have scientific research and we have you know books and we have information in the internet and we think that we know everything but actually you know and that that gives us a discomfort in working with the mystery but actually the mystery is a really great thing actually um and control as you said we're so used to being in control of our our thoughts as, as much as we can and just our lives really and mm. this is just the, a, a really let like letting go of that control which i think is probably what scares people the most but also is probably the power of it as well really 
Well. Yeah, I think it is what scares people the most. But I also really strongly feel that we think we're in control, but actually we're not in control. Well, I think that's anything real has taught us that, it's the bloody coronavirus, I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're in control exactly. of <laughs> Yeah, we have this false sense of like being in control of everything. And like, yeah, we do have control of, of a certain amount of things, but actually like control does us no use. Mm-hmm. really um and our false perception of how much we can control is yeah is a really deep uh, a really deep thing in the human condition um because if you can let go of that need to be in control and get into either you know your deeper self or the flow of life then actually it's probably more more likely going to be a, a more beautiful journey mm-hmm. um yeah so it's probably more important for people now than ever like just to go as you said in the flow of life yeah absolutely and do you find that it's becoming more popular like has it something that's increased in popularity the last few years i feel like i've from an like from an outsider i I feel like i've heard a lot more people talking about it in in lots Mm -hmm. of different ways so whether it's retreats or um people microdosing or Mm -hmm. um, even like a very superficial like obviously there was that episode of Goop, Gwyneth Paltrow, yeah. they did the, the mushroom. So that's very mainstream. It's Netflix, like, and and um, incredibly mainstream. What was the other? What was the other show, Jane? You watched on Netflix? Um, and she takes what's her name? Oh my God, the blonde comedian, Chelsea oh, Handler. Yeah, she did. She she had an episode on that as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I guess it's we're exposed to it on mainstream media as well. So have you found that it's becoming more mm-hmm. popular? Um, I mean, definitely more more mainstream. Like, yeah, it's incredible. I couldn't believe it when my dad, of all people, told me, like, oh, Gwyneth Paltrow's there talking about all that stuff you talk about on Netflix, you know? Um, Just on that, so, like, you mentioned your dad there. How, what are your parents, when you told your parents, like, okay, I'm setting up the Psychedelic Society of Ireland. Like, how, how is that? Um, yeah, you know... Um, my parents are really supportive, amazing people. They, they're, they weren't at least at the time open or knowledgeable about psychedelics at all. I think I kind of, yeah, to be honest, I think I kept in my life a bit of um, wouldn't say a secret, but like I didn't speak about the stuff that I was doing that much mm-hmm. because of how taboo it was, and that was my own process, you know. And then, yeah, it actually wasn't until a very long time after the kind of initial stages <laughs> when I couldn't really hide anymore because I got invited to go to a psychedelic conference in California, like kind of last minute. And I was like <laughs> to my mom, like, oh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> I do all this stuff and I'm going to California in two weeks. And yeah, like if you want it. Um, any questions? <laughs> um but yeah, no, it was a it was a kind of a challenging process because you have you know parents in general they want you to live your best life, your most successful life, you know, and when you start talking about things publicly that are really taboo, also illegal, uh, yeah, it's just it's just kind of um, unknown territory, you know, and. I understand that for for a parent that can be really scary but I also felt like there was something really just uh, so alive for me that I was like this is just what I'm gonna do you know it wasn't it's like this is it's not what I have to do but 
this is what I'm doing. Like this is in my flow of, of life, like this, whatever experiences that I've had, I want to share them. Uh, it feels like a really strong purpose. I know that I can help people. And I also know that like, way way more people should at least be aware of this because if they benefited me in the small ways that they did and then much later on in the absolutely massive ways that they did then then people should know that they exist at least you know and people should be educated in them and they should know how to do them properly rather than doing them in a really kind of like yeah not ideal situation having a terrifying time and then being like oh no those things are like really dodgy and scary when actually it's just the situation that they were in that made it dodgy and scary so um something you said earlier actually i thought was interesting when you mentioned uh, having this experience and integrating that back into your daily life because i feel like so much of recreational drug use is um like on a night out or whatever obviously you're at a festival and obviously the come down that everyone feels after a festival or even just a big night out if you've taken drugs is is horrific and really really negatively affects mental Mm -hmm. health it's literally the complete opposite of what you're describing Mm -hmm. like people you know it does even like lots of you know i've heard lots of people having to take certain supplements weeks after because they're on such a come down and so anxious Mm -hmm. um which is such a different it sounds like such a different experience to what you're explaining like mm-hmm. really like there's a whole integration process and after you've had this experience which should be like a positive experience that how to incorporate that into your daily life um yeah. like presumably i don't know if this might be a stupid question is there the same type of come down or negative effects on anxiety and stuff after taking um after taking psychedelics or no mm. yeah no that's definitely not a stupid question actually because um i think a lot of different things um cause this come down that you're talking about you know like of course after a festival that you've taken mdma at because of the mdma and the kind of depleted serotonin levels that you'll have in your brain will cause you to feel like you're in a low mood but it's also the three days of not eating dancing not sleeping and probably drinking loads of alcohol as well that's like fully depleted your system to make your immune system low to make you a bit more vulnerable mentally physically and then on top of that having the depleted serotonin levels it's also the amount that people take yeah at a festival as well and the the consistent use of it um so with psychedelics you uh are more likely to experience the opposite of that which is known as the afterglow which is if you have, you know, if you have a good diet coming up to the experience, if you drink enough water, if you um, take especially, not only, but especially a natural substance and then eat a good meal afterwards and get decent sleep, you know, um, so keeping yourself well within the experience, you you may uh, have a really elated mood and positive effects um after in the days after um so you also may be tired come down after it was so much nicer than come down (laughs) lovely lovely yeah Um, can you speak a bit about um microdosing and what that is and is that something that's becoming more popular um yeah i just realized i didn't answer your question as well around like who comes and if it is getting more popular too and that kind of leads me into um the microdosing thing like I think um, hmm, 
where to start yeah so on the retreats that i run the experience retreats um there are there's no one way to define like who comes every age group like every decade between 20s and 70s generally are on each retreat it's amazing how many like different types of people come from different places in the world different backgrounds you know teachers people in law professors um as well as mothers and people that work in civil service and the, the whole range you know counselors therapists as well as um yeah just everyone from society it seems that especially in the last few years with you know more scientific studies coming out as well as just books like the the classic recent one um michael pollan's how to change your mind which is a really great book on like psychedelics in, in a way of like it gives you a really good introduction to the whole thing and um, Michael Pollan isn't a psychedelic expert, he's a journalist, but the book is really, um, yeah, readable for everyone with, with any kind of uh, level of experience in it. So he's a real, uh, he's a real one, a real good one to give like your mom, you know, if you want your mom to get introduced to psychedelics. Um, also because he's just like really, really well known in America, he has loads of bestsellers around, you know, on food and things like that. So anyway, that that was a, a positive addition to you know psychedelics in mainstream um and i think also where we are within like a global society people are getting more curious you know we're in the middle of a mental health crisis globally you know suicide rates depression uh, PTSD all of that stuff is just more prevalent than it's ever been and I think people are looking for alternatives you know like we are quite aware that yes the pharmaceutical industry is important for a lot of different things but it also puts plasters on some pretty big cracks in the system you know and it just doesn't do the job you know so many people are on pharmaceutical antidepressants and things like that and yes they they do help people when they need it but they also um aren't enough to help people work, work through what they actually need to work through in order to like be um yeah be freed of their mental illness so i think that's a big factor um I think with law changes, especially in America now, it's amazing, as well as Portugal and, and places like that, you see drugs being decriminalized and legalized. Um, and I think cannabis kind of did a really good job to kind of pave the way for psychedelics because a lot of people have really, really woken up to the positive um, use of, of CBD as well as just yeah. medical marijuana to to cure like some pretty major diseases like so um yeah i think the, the the way is being has been paved by that um and yeah just kind of curiosity and and our the new generations that are just being more open to this kind of stuff and the resurrection of what was happening in the 50s 60s 70s before drugs got legal um illegalized because we have to remember that like they weren't always illegal you know yeah. and some really big things have to happen in order to make substances 
illegal in the entire world you know yeah. when they weren't in the first place that was you know that's outside of our lifetime but in our parents lifetime you know yeah so yeah it's pretty big stuff going on there with the war on drugs and things like that but that seems to kind of slowly but surely being chipped away now yeah. and i think that's gonna hopefully benefit all of humanity in times to come you know Ireland will probably follow about 50 years after all the countries <laughs> sure. yeah, let's see. I hope it won't be that long. I would love to see the day where mushrooms, for example, at least are not illegal again, you know, like they weren't 10 years ago. How mad is it that mushrooms are legal? Like literally you can pick them yourself. Like I just can't. It's so odd mm-hmm. that that's something that, of course, you have to be careful but like that's something that is naturally occurring in the ground that we can go out and pick certain times a year is illegal how mad yeah. is that concept though and another referendum would make it a hat trick sorry say that again just need another good referendum and make it a hat trick mm-hmm. right? yeah. yeah i mean i just yeah i just want to reiterate that like a mushroom that grows in the fields in ireland in october that can be safely identified, picked and taken. Um, and that experience can be a really spiritually significant healing therapeutic experience for somebody that that is illegal and buying endless amounts of very expensive um, alcohol that can be really detrimental to your health, that can cause loads of diseases, never mind domestic abuse, car crashes, all of this stuff mm-hmm. is legal and sold in Ireland. You know, I'm not saying that alcohol is an evil substance. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I kind of am. <laughs> but, but um, you know, like the the abuse of alcohol is is a really serious thing, and yeah, you can use alcohol to enjoy yourself and and have a good time if you use it in a mindful way. But at the same time, yeah, I think we actually could do with taking a a good look at the effects of alcohol um, on people. In you know, in I've never heard it put that way because if I remember correctly mushrooms were made illegal because I think a young man died mm-hmm. at Dublin around Dunleary or something he, I think he jumped from a building or something like that mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact details which is so tragic of course but when you think about um, the amount of people that die every day from liver disease or as you said domestic violence or uh, drunk driving or and no one has ever questioned whether or not alcohol should be illegal um, mm-hmm. Or even cigarettes, like, you know, it's, yep. it's, just, it's all dollar bills, money, money. Oh, yeah, I know. It's it's money and it's also, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's a pretty deep one. Like, it's, it's money, but it's also control because alcohol dumbs down your perceptions. It, it, it makes you compliant. It, it makes you... Um, yeah, just it, it mutes your sense of um, awareness, you know. It's also just like really addictive, um, you know. And psychedelics, for example, have the potential to actually really open your eyes, to really think deeply about things, to really see things for what they are. And that in itself is a massive threat 
to the systems that we live in, the economic systems, the uh, ecological systems, how we treat nature, what we eat, like all of these things are challenged by our awareness um, being being opened, you know, or us being more aware of, of things, you know, and when that starts to happen, power starts to be lost. So I think it's actually very strongly about power as well, yeah, which is pretty creepy. <laughs> I never thought of it. Like, that's <laughs> it's so interesting. And I definitely have, have like, yeah, I never really considered the, I never really compared the alcohol, how alcohol is, is legal. This is mm-hmm. it's legal, but, um, yeah, it's all really interesting. And if, if our listeners, for example, obviously wanted to find out a bit more about retreats or, or the work you do in general, where could they mm-hmm. where can they find you? Is your website the best place to go? Yeah, they can visit my website at kiersherlock.com. I mean, I also want to say, like, this is such an exciting time to be living through at the moment, like seeing how the the world of psychedelics is is really, like, paving the way forward in mental health. Um and things like that I didn't really chat about that that much but there's so much online that you can find out about um by just googling you know benefits of psychedelics for mental health and 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 so many other things you know um there's a lot of really amazing people doing work around um psychedelics and nature connection at the moment and what that would mean for our um for our ecosystem for like the future of our world essentially um and so many resources in books and, and other websites and, and organizations that are doing incredible work. So I just really want to encourage people just to to look into it, you know, and and not to just go out and pick mushrooms and take them, in, you know, in, in ways that aren't um, safe, but to just to look into the ways that it can be done in, in really beneficial ways, because for me personally it's benefited my life in immeasurable ways i know hundreds and hundreds of people have been really benefited through the work that um we do on the retreats and those retreats are called the experience retreats they're a sister organization of the psychedelic society in the uk so you'll find them online too and um yeah be in touch as well like if, if people have kind of questions or interest in getting involved in this work or this field you know there's there's a lot of um amazing kind of yeah opportunities and worlds to get involved in that hopefully will you know really work towards creating a positive change in um in cultures well we're getting there yeah yeah i think so well thanks so much here that was really enlightening really uh, interesting and i just yeah i really really uh appreciate your approach to just like what you're even saying there like re- you know research yeah like, like i'm gonna go and i'm gonna go on a like an internet hole, like a google hole now like i'm so fascinated mm-hmm. yeah if you're interested in it research it because as you said it's not uh, we're probably used just to people just taking drugs mindlessly as you said but like obviously there's lots of other benefits but and if, if it interests you to actually put the time into research it because they seem to I mean, I guess it deserves that time, doesn't it? As if yeah. you're saying, it's such a powerful experience. Um, so thanks, Emil. My my mind is expanded. Don't know about yours, Jane. Who needs a psychedelic? <laughs> I feel like I'm on mushrooms right now. I'm just looking at my window. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Emil. That was great. Um, so people can find you at kiersherlock.com, is it? 
Yeah, and they can also look up the Psychedelic Society of Ireland on Facebook. Um, and as well, like if they're listening from any other countries, there are psychedelic societies all over the world now since yeah. 2015. There has been, yeah, there's almost one in every country at this stage. So it's really, really amazing to see everything spreading and people connecting all over the world. So, so yeah, thanks guys. Really enjoyed that. Thanks, Thanks so much.